in John 17, and we'll be reading verses uh, 20 through 23. So if you'd rise, please, as we read God's living word. The Lord Jesus said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, we bow as we rightly should before your living word. Lord, we thank you for this prayer for us. Help us to understand it. Help us to rejoice in it. Help us to prepare for uh, coming before your table, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the previous verses, verses 20 and 21, the Lord prayed for all of his own, uh, all who would believe in him through uh, the word shared by his immediate disciples and by those who followed after them. And he prayed for the unity of his body, to be one with him and with the Father, and that we would experience more of the unity and the oneness that he knows with his Father, which is amazing to consider. And this oneness shows the world that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is God. <clears throat> he is one with the Father. Our Lord has a deep desire. The desire of his heart is that his people would be unified. And so he prayed accordingly this way, verse 22, and the glory, he's praying to his Father, and the glory which you gave me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one, just as we are one. Matthew Henry said regarding this, uh, that they may be one, he said it this way, that we would be one in judgment and sentiment, not in every little thing. This is neither possible nor needful. So he's talking about unity, not complete uniformity. And he goes on, so this unity is in the great things of God, and in them, by the virtue of this prayer, they are all agreed that God's favor is better than life. These are some of the great things that we should be unified in. That God's favor is better than life, amen? That sin is the worst of evils, that Christ is the best of friends, and that there is another life after this. Those are areas that should unite us, and there are others. The Father glorified his Son, and the Son, our Lord Jesus, is giving us glory also. He gave us his spirit that we might be one just as he and the Father are one. That's the only way we can be one. This giving of glory has a number of interpretations. Quite a few, I was surprised. Uh, I will go with Calvin's. Basically, I was thinking this is the application of the Holy Spirit. And Calvin said this, that this glory here means the image of God toward which the disciples were being renewed by the Holy Spirit. And thus, they were all becoming uh, more like Christ as they focused on Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So by the Spirit of the Lord, we too, by God's grace, we are being made in, transformed into the image of Christ. And that transformation is of each of us and of all of us uh, in the body of Christ, into a unified body, it's uh, proceeding on by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how it takes place. 
And so we are to walk in the Spirit, dear family. We are to serve in the Spirit. We are to worship in the Spirit. We are to do everything in the Spirit. We are to do all those things in a united way, with one heart, to please the Lord and to glorify his name. And there's a great need, obviously, in the world to see this unity, this unity that is only possible in the body of Christ. Because there are many today who feel that it's not possible. There's no possible unity. There's no oneness I can really rejoice in or count on. The unity people have, some people think they have anyway, uh, it's with a particular maybe political uh, group or a team or an institution or some philosophy or philosopher. That can easily break down and usually does and will uh, prove to be based on, because it's mostly based on emotion or it's based on weak foundations, not biblical foundations. And those who seek the oneness, a oneness in anyone but the Lord Jesus Christ eventually will become disappointed and lose hope. They will fall into despair. They will give up on thinking there's any true closeness that they can ever enjoy and have until they find the Lord Jesus and covenant with a local part of his body. And they should see in us, we pray, as weak as we still may be, and we are, a unity of purpose, a unity of hope, a unity and love for the Lord Jesus Christ that the world cannot offer this hope that, that we have by God's grace, as hard as the world tries, as cleverly as our enemy tries to tempt people to join some group, some movement that they hope will unite them in some way, give them some purpose and hope. Our purpose and hope, dear family, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. They will only find those things very illusory, that unity. People should see us love one another. In fact, we should be, they should see that as we practice all of the one another's. Forgiving one another, serving one another in a self-sacrificial way as the Lord sacrificed his life for us. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So that kind of sacrificial love, that's the kind of unity the world should see in us and only happens by those in Christ walking in the Spirit and the Lord prayed further to his father here, uh, so his disciples, uh, his people would know clearly the kind of unity uh, that he made possible by his sacrifice. He said in verse 23, I in them, so he's standing, he's praying to the father, they're standing there listening to him, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, perfect in one. Perfect here means it's uh, sometimes used in Greek as finished, the Father sees us as perfect in Christ, and yet we need to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He is finishing uh, this work that he began through his Spirit at our regeneration. And the work of the Spirit makes us more eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This bond of peace was, is only possible because of what Jesus did on the cross. He made it possible by his atoning sacrifice uh, for his people. The Lord said, he is in us. And the Father is in him. <clears throat> and so because we are in Christ, we are also in the Father and can begin, just begin, I think, to comprehend the perfect unity and the oneness and the love that is in the Trinity, in the Godhead. And the result will be more and more that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me.
Our testimony to the world as we grow in loving unity shows them that the Father sent his Son to gather his people. And it shows how great is the Father's love for us. It's a love as great and as unsearchable as the Father's love for his Son. I cannot understand this. How can that be? He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, humbled himself, so great his love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for oh my God, it found out me. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? And the power of that love makes us one, dear family, as we partake together. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we come as your people and we rejoice that we are made one in you by your great love for us. And Lord, we ask that we would be able to comprehend more the breadth and length and height and depth of your amazing love for us in Christ. And as we partake of this time of communion with you as part of your body, we ask, Lord, that you would grant us to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, according to the oneness that we have in the Trinity, and that we may then with one heart and one mouth glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we come in faith now, and we come asking this in the name of Jesus, our King and our Redeemer. Amen.